we're here. Yep, here we are. Thanks for being here, Mike. Thanks for being here, Sarah. In spite of the technical difficulties, I'm actually excited to record the first podcast of 2024. I'm also excited to be podcasting and so excited for uh, the year 2024. My name is Sarah Brown Anson. I'm the host and producer of this podcast, which is called the Montague Reporter Podcast. And I am Mike Jackson. I'm the managing editor of the Montague Reporter newspaper, which actually precedes the podcast. (laughs) If you can believe it. Mike, do you want to talk about my ask the editor question for this week? Ask the editor. This was ask the editor. editor. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah. This is a a a, a standard <laughs> kind of question. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to read the question? How did it go this week with the paper? It went okay overall, and um, one of the metrics that I would measure everything by in a given week is uh, when the paper is done. Mm. Um, that's one key indicator, and I've been getting it in later than I want to um, for most of the last like six months, and it was a little not as late this week, so mm-hmm. um, something must be going well. Uh, overall, okay. It was kind of a funny, funny odd week. We're... we're um, settling into some new workflows this January at the reporter and I'm still kind of feeling my way around our features editor um, Nina Rossi is um, shifting uh, her time and attention to our distribution department and you know is still doing a lot of the things that you'll see still doing local briefs and the illustration on A2 um, that she does and and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but um, you know I'm I'm now um at least for the time being, there's a, a bunch of our uh, writers who um, I'm now taking on kind of uh, directly um, in my portfolio of folks th- um, who I'm interacting with and scheduling out and, you know, doing the first pass of editing their thing. And not totally sure, you know, the longer range of, of how we're going to configure that stuff. But, you know, for now, I'm just kind of like, you know, picking up a bunch of those, geez, reins is the wrong word, I'm picking up a bunch of those phones. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a lot. Like, so you're working directly with more writers than you used to? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got, you know, short-term pluses and minuses. Um, I think, like, the the bigger thing right now is um, I had thought that I was going to get a running start at all of that. Um, we have the last week of December off. There's no paper. Mm-hmm. And I had really been looking forward to coming into the office and you know um carrying the bags of um, redeemables down to food city cleaning vacuuming my floor and sending an email out to a bunch of writers about this and and um you know getting getting a head start on on scheduling out some some feature stories in that week and instead i got the COVID 19. oh no well i'm so sorry that you got COVID. that sucks it is very popular right now. It is. Um, I just saw, um, and you know, I would have would have put this in the paper this week if I'd seen it before. Um, but uh, some of the national level um, aggregated wastewater mm-hmm. data um, indicates to us that we are now in the second biggest peak of COVID. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yep. Yep. So this is like the one two years ago. Um, in twenty twenty one, or twenty. 20- Two years ago, oh my god! Yeah, twenty twenty two. Okay, well, new year, new Ju- judging math. judging by that data. Yeah, um, and so 
Um, you know, I, I am proud to say that I have gotten COVID during the two most popular mm. times to get it in our country, mm-hmm. um, right right on track with the population. But, um, you know, okay. and it, it went okay, um, but I definitely, it was, you know, I think like my rapid test positives lined up exactly with the seven days off the paper um, and also went through things like Christmas. Um, mm. And so <laughs> it was mm-hmm. really, and, you know, uh, my brain was like a little more foggy than normal. So mm. I, I just, I basically, you know, the upshot for the paper is, I did not get that good running start Mm -hmm. at this new configuration that I thought I was gonna. And um, yeah, it's just been like uh, trying to get on the surfboard, you know, and the waves, waves are coming uh, every week. It's still, it's still uh, tethered to my uh, ankle. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't say I'm standing on it. Wow. So, so, but somehow you managed to write an article for the January 4th edition of the paper anyway. I don't know if we should move on to that, but <laughs> I'm just like amazed, you know, like, uh, yeah. You seem Wait, did to, I? You oh, seem yeah, to yeah, be yeah. doing a lot even when <laughs> you're sick, you know? Week. Yeah, I mean, that one was, wow. you know, it was, uh, 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 you know, um, it, it was a large task, but it was also that, that meeting. So that was the, the sixth town. I guess this is getting into our first conversation. But yeah, I hope I hope you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the the six town regionalization planning board this is this is school stuff and it is an interesting one they have been plugging away um, this is representatives of Gillen Montague um, who are in the school district together and Northfield Bernardston and Leiden um, who are in the Pioneer Valley Regional School District together and Warwick which until this year was also in Pioneer um, have been looking at forming a six town district. Mm-hmm. We got shrinking enrollment, demographic factors um, are driving some of this in the long term. But, you know, it means that when you have fewer students, you know, especially once you get to the, the uh, high school level, it's hard to have all of the different kinds of um, sports teams and, uh, you know, educational classrooms that you want um, and uh, other electives, too. And, yeah, I mean, it just... Um, it's it's been a real big feature of of our our life regionally as you know um these these poor schools getting smaller and sooner or later um the thinking goes um you uh you group them together in ever larger regions as your approach to that problem and um so they're they're looking at the feasibility of doing that they've been studying it for four years it's this whole formal thing and um last week was when those people finally got together and based on what they knew so far decided whether to recommend continuing going with that um and the next step in that is to send um to draft a a district agreement that would go to the six towns and then the big one after that is is town meeting and all the six towns would would have to say yes um and all the towns would have to say yes otherwise you know back to the drawing board so this was this pivotal meeting, and um, yeah, they decided um, by a 13 to 3 vote um, to, to keep moving forward on that. So it, it uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was big news. That is big news. Like having kids possibly go to a different school, you know, having things kind of be rearranged and regionalized is a really big deal. Can we go back a little bit? You said it's been four years so far. What is the basic, like, process 
for regionalization or in this case like re-regionalization right i mean you're you're you have it exactly there uh re-regionalization this they're is already reg like regionalized school districts but right yeah. and I'm, I'm definitely like you know um repeatedly pushing my glasses up my nose as i say <laughs> all of this um it, it is uh there's uh you, we're not merging two districts Mm -hmm. um, that that doesn't happen. What it is is, mm -hmm. you know, we're going through the steps of, of forming a region, which is, you mm -hmm. know, really laid out by the state, and we're doing it anew. Um, and so, uh, you know, the the state gives um, money has has planning grants that's supporting this. You know, so the the towns form a board, and then get the money from the state and say who wants to do the the work work and then hire consultants to come in and do the work work and then they sit around and look at the reports and and you know that's the kind of the basic structure of it and it is funny that it, it's happening out of two uh, at, you know with towns who are already in have already been through this process to form their own regions mm. um, when we started that was unprecedented or we were doing it right around the same time as um, uh, two regions in um, southern berkshire county um, out to our southwest and uh, this past um, October uh, those eight towns um, held their votes on a proposed agreement and four of the towns I think voted no so oh wow um, you know they're all back to the drawing board out there um, I guess looking at some different could we do a shared services where we're pooling some things instead of forming a new district that's one of the mm -hmm. things they're talking about I'm sure we're also going to start hearing about that more um, as an alternative um, floated by people who know that things need to change here, but, you know, don't like the looks of what a six-town district would be. Um, mm -hmm. This would be, you know, a, a big shared middle school up at Pioneer in West Northfield and then a big shared high school here in Turner's. And so, mm -hmm. you know, um, if, if someone's been, you know, hardcore Turners, <laughs> like Townie fam, who always gone to the schools here, they would actually be looking at, you know, if when they, um, their kids are done with, with um, Sheffield, instead of just moving two blocks away, they'd be busing up to Northfield. So that would be a mm -hmm. big change for people here. And then um, obviously, you know, the reverse as well um, is going to have some resistance um, and possibly more resistance. Although I don't, I don't know just how many people down this way um, uh, really get that um, busing up north piece of the puzzle yet? Um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to get the word out. You know, through the paper. Um, I, I, when we, you and I have talked about this in the past, I've been like, it's going to be big news sooner or later. I don't know why people don't. Mm. You know. Yeah, and you hinted at that in in the article that you wrote. Like the last sentence was like something about there being a lot of leftover pizza after the meeting. And it kind of implied that there weren't a lot of members of the public, even though they were, in theory, enticed with pizza, free pizza. Right. Um, I mean, there were the, the 13 people on the committee, or the 16. Um, they had also one person, I think, absent. Mm -hmm. And then there were, this was held at the, the senior center here in town. I mean, this was, this was, you know, when you said you wrote an article last week, I was like, I did. But this was... Uh, <laughs> I, I went to this meeting and realized that I had left my notebook um, at my office and went and got it and was back in, I think, one minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's, it was, uh, yeah. A, pretty easy, and B, I was keeping an eye on that pizza um, th throughout it. So uh, partly, you know, I was really happy with how much pizza was left over. But, yeah, there were, there were three other people in the room 
for this meeting, and one was the Gil Montague School Committee Chair, Jane okay. Oaks, and one was the Gil Montague uh, Business Manager, mm-hmm. Joanne Blyer, and one was uh, me. Mm. So. You know, I was hmm. uh, op- open lane uh, to get the scoop for the story. Um, I noticed that another area paper the next day actually ran a story that indicated that they thought that that decision was still yet to come. Hmm. An article that they uh, ran on a five-page banner headline, page one. Um, and, uh, hmm. well, I mean, when I'm actually getting the scoop, it, it is a little bit delightful. But uh, then I'm like, did you read our paper? Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, a lot of pizza, and I did, you know, that was also um, just just to say it, um, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes a little, you know, uh, reward for someone who has made it all the way through an article like that. Back to um, to the process. What else do people need to know about the process? Well, I think one of the other things that we're going to hear about as that uh, as that. Um, district agreement shapes up um, is what it's going to propose um, for some of the big kind of key decisions that still need to be made about um, well one is you know even though we're not merging two regions we would kind of be merging two union contracts mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of the, the pay scale stuff that you know they would have to decide um, with, with the six town district carry over the insurance benefit structure um, from Gil Montague or from Pioneer is, I think, one of the single decisions that would make the biggest financial impact um, uh, based on what we've seen so far. And so it's like things like that um, still need to be decided. And also, um, how would those costs be apportioned among the towns Mm -hmm. would be another one. Um, I know that there's also, you know, some questions of um, well, Warwick is Warwick has left Pioneer um, this past year because Pioneer was going to shut its elementary school down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it went its own way to keep that school open and is now tuitioning secondary, you know, middle and high school students into Pioneer still. Um, so, you know, for students, it might not look like a change. Uh, for the government, it's definitely a big shift behind the scenes. But, you know, they're doing all of that with one eye to, well, what might happen here? And you know, both of Warwick's reps on that board said, yeah, let's move forward with, with the six-town process. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they'd be back. So a lot, a lot of wild cards, you know, in terms of what it would actually look like. And then on the community level, you know, getting getting the word out really about what this is going to look like. Because if, if advocates of a six-town district want to make it happen, they are going to need to get majority votes at town meetings, which is open town meetings in, in five of these towns, you know, and if, if there's a movement opposing that with any kind of momentum, you know, it could be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. It's a narrow path, I think is the, <laughs> the term that pundits use, a narrow path to the six town district. But um, yeah. I've heard some people very passionately express that they think that this is really the best decision for uh, saving education for, for students in these towns. And, you know, they've got, they've got to get out there and make that case. Yeah, it certainly seems like there were a lot of good arguments. Like you, you had a lot of juicy quotes in the article, and there were, uh, uh, you know, a few people who spoke, as you said, passionately in in favor of creating a larger district. Um, can we talk about like some of the arguments? There's one that I like. I was kind of, um, I related to, which was just like, with a larger cohort you have you know more opportunities to find p- 
people who are whom you have common interests with more social opportunities and also opportunities for more enriching experiences because there's more funding with a larger student body yeah i had to make some decisions about how much to relay when people were sharing pretty personal stories Mm. um you know it it felt like you know not (laughs) not a terribly public meeting um and i didn't know if like i don't know it might be weird if you know your uh, mom or dad you know was going to going to meetings and then you found out you know that they were saying something about you being like a nerd um (laughs) yeah there was nothing personal (laughs) in the article it was it was pretty general what you quoted um, I didn't mean <laughs> I didn't mean to imply anything. No, but but, um, but I mean but it, yeah. it really I mean to but being there, um, you know, it was, um, yeah, that that felt the hearing people talk about um, tough times that their kids or you know kids they knew um, and saw were mm-hmm. having, you know, by just ha- you know, I think I think that the 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 kind of quote that we did put through was you know. There just not being any other kids like you at mm. a given school. Um, mm. That, yeah, I think that that it was it was a powerful uh, argument, mm. and you know, also might have been motivating. You know, what made some of those people be involved in the first place. So you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what people hear um, as it gets out there. What were people? So there, there were three people who voted against recommending a, a new school district, and what were those people saying? different things one person really kind of laid out the the case for um for favoring smaller schools on principle like personal attention yeah yeah um the the upsides you Mm -hmm. know and and really um it was someone who was on the pioneer school committee i believe um and also you know um felt that she wanted to preserve a, a unique educational philosophy or perspective of the Pioneer District, mm. um, you know, to which other people said, you know, well, that can, if it's a good idea, you know, we can, we can, we can share that, <laughs> you know, we can, yeah. um, and if it's been working, we should. Um, the, the other, other two, one said, you know, I'm not totally opposed to this kind of thing, but I don't, I'm not sure if, if this is like the, the kind of the right configuration, you know, um, these six towns um, mm. necessarily as, as the answer to that. And, Definitely, you know, there were a lot of, of concerns raised about, you know, the kids who would end up having to be on the on the longest bus routes, um, you know, in, in mm-hmm. a geographically larger district. And I think that, that there's more to come on this, and um, it's definitely not something that, you know, uh, 13 bureaucrats in a room um, are going to wave their wand and, mm-hmm. and make happen. Yeah. Anything else about this? And we will continue to cover it. And if anyone is super interested in it, come and be a reporter for us. I'll put you on the beat. You can be the person who covers. I mean, this is yeah. this is actually a pretty, you know, it's it's going through this. This is like the kind of reporting that like, it, there there are so many really personal stories out, out there, you know, mm-hmm. and so many people who whose lives would actually change through this decision mm-hmm. um, in really fundamental ways. And um, in the longer term, um, you know, what, people decide about this is going to shape our towns in larger ways um, as, as they develop. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really love if someone is interested in this story um, and wants to approach it, you know, that, that their community role relative to this um, uh, would be as a reporter. Come and talk to me and <laughs> and endless uh, possibilities here for, for involvement. I love it. All right. Um, should we move on to topic two? 
Topic two. This is the Turner's Falls Airport. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a, actually a very enlightening article. Um, we're moving to a different edition of the paper. This is the January 11th um, edition of the papers. So Charlotte Murdishaw wrote this. Apparently there they have been killing deer because the runway at the airport is there's too many deer on it for safe airplane movement you could say yeah yeah deer infestation at the turners falls municipal airport infestation Um, that makes it sound like they're like rodents or something but there are a lot of deer around yeah, and you know, I mean that that fence um, that uh, goes all the way along <laughs> the Miller's Falls Road um, side of the airport that does not go all the way around the property, um, mm. and so uh, it's also a place where hunters don't uh, aren't invited to go, mm-hmm. um, and so I guess it's just you know, uh, if I was a deer and I found out about it. <laughs> sounds like a great place to live mm-hmm. uh, up, up and back of the airport I guess um, plane versus deer does happen um, and uh, people want to, to try to minimize the chance that it would this was a super interesting article it was also very well researched the USDA no the FAA Federal Aviation Administration and the US Department of Agriculture which is USDA have stats on runway collision um, plane versus deer, known as a deer strike. Um, and there's actually a lot more than I expected. So it's it's pretty common that it happens and it can be really dangerous. 1,018, or yeah, 1,237, depending on how you look at it, um, reported by the, the two agencies over the course of uh, 32 years. So, mm. you know, you can divide one by the other, but they don't want, you know, I mean, if you have a plane, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of different different aspects of it. I guess the plane people don't want the deer anyway, and who would? Yeah, and there was also, like, the airport hired a consulting firm to do um, an assessment. Yeah, to the, an assessment and then a, a mitigation, um, you know, proposed proposed wildlife mitigation. Not, mm-hmm. not just for deer, but, you know, just to really see what was up there. Um, there were, there's, you know, occasional coyote and fox and a lot of different birds, which we really didn't get into in this. We were, we were really just looking at the deer, mm-hmm. the charismatic megafauna of the airport. Mm-hmm. And probably the most shocking statistic is the cost of a fence that could potentially keep deer out, which is over $1.8 million. And it sounds like the airport doesn't have that kind of money at the moment. Yeah, yeah. The larger narrative with the Turner's Falls Airport is, you know, every year at town meeting, people used to stand up and say, why do we need to give money to the airport? Why do we have an airport? It's just, Mm -hmm. you know... Bill Cosby and people flying in and out and you know why are taxpayers subsidizing that and then uh, other people stand up and say well most of the infrastructure at the airport is built with forgivable loans from from the Federal Aviation Administration but if it stops being an airport during the term of one of those loans we actually have to pay off the entire loan and so there's like some like incalculable (laughs) calculation that I've never heard um, liability that hangs over it and then um, when everyone realizes what the implications of that are they get quiet and then they move on to another budget line and um, but 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 um, also all along you know people have said well the goal is to make the revenue cover the cost of the airport so we're not going to be coming to town meeting you know at budget time with our hands out and um, just in the last couple of years, that has happened, and uh-huh. that has happened because um, the airport bought 
um, this adjacent property, kind of part of the airport in some ways, property called Pioneer Aviation, which was, you know, privately owned and had a hangar and also a fueling station. And it's a revenue generator. And now it's part of the airport itself. And uh, after doing that, revenues cover costs. Um, so the last couple of years, the airport's been a fully self-sustaining thing. And I think that that's you know, I think the airport uh, manager, who was, was, you know, super forthcoming and uh, and helpful on this story, you know, I think might have been nervous that people would read it and think that the airport is going to come to the town asking for $1.8 million. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were really kind of listing that just to be like, this is, you know, they've, they've thought this through. They've um, exhausted all of their other options for deer management. Is that kind of what it's supposed to show? Right. Or, you know, I mean, they're still looking at the fence, but in the meantime, mm. um, you know, before there's uh, $1.8 million, uh, you know, that they can spend on, on a fence, uh, they do feel they have to do something about um, all, all the deer. And so, yeah, they mm-hmm. bring in the uh, USDA. Yeah. So that's interesting. The people from the USDA are the ones who are um, doing you, <laughs> euphemistically, you could say a population control on the deer. They're like killing deer. So it's it's not people from the airport doing it. It's the U.S. Department of Agriculture doing it. And then they, I guess, give away the venison? Yeah, this was a story that was going to run January 4th. And that was kind of the last link in the chain was, was when USDA says mass environmental police actually um, are in charge of who gets the deer. Mm. Um, and we extended it out another week, um, hoping to get the answer from Mass Environmental Police, and those jerks didn't call my writer back. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't know, you know, it could be an interesting follow-up um, piece, but, you know, mm-hmm. that was kind of the only missing piece of the puzzle that we were, oh, well, you know, we wanted, wanted to go to press with the story and decided mm-hmm. to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Hmm, super interesting. Have you ever eaten venison? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sounds like yeah. you've eaten a lot of venison. No, I mean I wouldn't say a lot. Um, well, but, when you, know, you I mean, say, I was, oh yeah, I was, uh, it was one one of the one of the ways uh, I stopped being a much younger uh, Mike Jackson stopped being in any way vegetarian was uh, re- readily available venison um, in my in laws family and oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, um, huh. uh, yeah. I like I like me some deer meat for sure. Um, and you know I have I have friends in these parts. You know, there's like a um network of folks who who keep um an eye out for for um you know freshly road killed deer mm-hmm. um you know who who let each other know so I, I end up with you know some some that way too you know that's a good way to get a lot of um uh, a lot of meat out to folks who who need some food for their freezers yeah. um you know in one shot if you've got uh, a setup where you can process them Cool. Okay. <laughs> cool, Mike. A- anything else about the airport? It's it's it, that was a super interesting article to read. It's super enlightening. Um, yeah, just really happy. Uh, you know, Charlotte writes occasionally for us and mm. kind of like special special ops, and yeah, I'm always mm-hmm. really happy uh, you know, to to run her her work. Nice. I have a non sequitur. Uh, what's your non sequitur? Um, I'm just shouting out a new name that I've seen on A1 for the last two weeks in the first 
editions of the Montague Reporter in 2024. There's a new reporter by the name of Hugh Finnerty. Um, and I've really enjoyed Hugh's last two articles. The most recent one is about the Turner's Falls pep band, um, which is like a really nice feel-good article. And then the one before that was about Scotty's. Yeah, Scotty's is under new ownership. That's the corner store at the top of the hill, I think. Yep, yep, and Turner's, yep. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, They've he was both been it. really fun to read and great leads, actually, um, as well. Oh, and good photos. <laughs> yes, yeah, which he's also taking. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. I, I never want to, you know, I always... Um, I've, I've had, I think, over the 10 years I've been an editor, um, a lot of situations where someone comes in and is amazing and then, like, goes and gets their dream job <laughs> in, like, mm. three months. And so, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, crossing my fingers. But, um, yeah, uh, Hugh um, did just what I've been telling you listeners you should do mm-hmm. um, and just uh, approached the paper and said, hey, I want to I wanna write. And, you know, it took a, a week or two to, to you know, line them up and now yeah two two in a row and i think i've got them on on something for for next week as well um it's it's really awesome um awesome yeah he's a a good writer and i like his photos do you see the saxophone one yeah i liked it yep yep i should tell him about the podcast so that he can hear the shout out okay yeah please do cool Um, credits yeah that's that's a podcast thank you for listening to it it's the montague report podcast Thank you. My name is Sarah Brown and I'm the host and producer. Stella Silbert is our podcast editor. She's taking the week off, so if there are any editing snafus, they are totally down to me. Yeah, sna- snafu love, I guess, over here. Um, we would love it if you would review the podcast or tell your friends about it. Um, review it in the little app. Log on to the other apps that you don't use and also say that it's the best podcast. Five <laughs> stars. Five out of five. You can support the Montague Reporter newspaper by reading subscribing and donating thanks to blue dot sessions for the music and thanks to greenfield community television for their technical support all right thank you so much mike what a great episode thanks sarah see you next time yeah